0: How much does hearing bad grammar pain you? I'd have to say that seeing it written down is what drives me crazy. And sure, when people mix up things like imply and infer, I might internally cringe a little bit, but physical distress seems a bit much, doesn't it? Apparently not. Dr. Dagmar Divyak is a professorial research fellow in cognitive linguistics and language cognition at the University of Birmingham and joins us now to talk about this. Thank you for being here. Good morning. I hope that nothing I have said so far has been incorrect enough to cause you any physical distress. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is it that you have studied?
1: So, our project was um, inspired by our our desire or our need to find a way to measure what people know about their language and about the structure of their language in particular without asking them explicitly. So when you ask people, oh, does this sound good to you or would you say this, then you don't really get a good idea of what they would actually say because they're very likely to tell you what they think you would like to hear or what they know they should be saying because that's what they've been taught in school. So sometimes also asking these explicit questions you know, has all kinds of problems when you work with, for example, very young children. When you ask them, does this this sound good, it makes absolutely no sense to them. And then on the other side, you also have um, elderly populations suffering from um, brain decline who can no longer answer these questions. And with all these populations and for all those reasons, we want to find a way to measure what they know about the language that they speak. Right. So we wanted what they call an implicit measure.
0: So you measured kind of their physiological responses to bad grammar?
1: Yeah, so we wanted to find um, a measure that, that signals as an automatic response, right? That, that they have no control over and that they cannot fake. For example, you can make people read something and then by measuring where their eyes look and how long they pause on a specific word, you can determine that, oh, that must have been a difficult word for them to process. So we then uh, went down um, another route, and that was that of physiological
0: responses, heart rate variability. And what did you find?
1: Um, so heart rate variability is a measure that may sound very fancy, but nowadays most people have smartwatches, and those smartwatches also measure um, the, the extent to which you're experiencing stress. And it will tell you, or, you know, you may may want to take a moment because stress levels appear high. And it's exactly the same measurement that underlies what we did. So um, everybody knows heart rate, your heart beats at a specific um, pace, but there's also variability in the length of the intervals between successive heartbeats. And if those intervals are uneven, that suggests that you are in a relaxed state. But if they're very even, that signals some kind of stress, and we let people listen to speech recordings that contained um, grammatical errors. In this case, these were errors against the English article system. So, whether you say it's rice or a rice or the rice, and we found that they showed literally physical signs of stress when they were listening to sound clips that contained um, language errors. Interestingly, we found that um, the more errors we included in the sound clips, the stronger the reaction was. And they also showed a stronger reaction when they listened to speakers who had an authentic British English accent, we did this in Britain, versus a foreign accent.
0: Oh, boy, this explains so much of what I do for a living. <laughs> now, I find I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going to be very, very careful with my words now for the next little while because of this. So even though we may not realize that we are doing this, our bodies are having some kind of reaction to this when we hear it.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. So what does this tell us? Well, for us, this really shows that there is a, a yet another dimension to the link between cognition, the mind, and the body or physical responses, to things that put stress on your cognitive system that that make it work harder.
0: It does it not also tell us that we clearly are pickier or more aware of of these kinds of things, and we realize we may not think. Grammar and language is a big deal to us, but somewhere in our brain, we are still recognizing it when we hear it incorrectly.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. So we, as linguists, we think about these things as expectation violations. So you are very aware of how things in your environment usually are, and you notice very, very small deviations from what you're used to. Um, can be, you know, the sun goes up later, The door sounds different when it opens, but it can also be that person didn't exactly say things the way I was expecting them to say it. And it goes, indeed, very, very far. So it shows at a really intricate level how much people know about the structure of the language they speak, although when you ask them explicitly, they wouldn't be able to verbalize their knowledge.
0: So this really also, is this a native language situation, or can it also be a a learn language for people, for instance, if they have a second language that they then learn?
1: Yeah, so we tested native speakers of English, um, and we let them listen to these sound clips, but it's also a good way to test second language learners. So people who learn a foreign language, any foreign language, really, to see what they know about the language without having to ask them explicitly, without having to put them through the, the typical type of test that we would use in classrooms, settings. So it gives a, a much more fine-grained view of what they know than sometimes they can demonstrate or make explicit.
0: So what do you do with this research now? What are the next steps? So some of the questions that um,
1: we're currently investigating is whether this has something to do with personality. So, are certain personality types more susceptible to this uh, stress-induced um, situation that comes from um, language errors? Um, on the other hand, we also want to use it to collect data from populations that would otherwise be hard to reach. So this is this the device that we use is you know very small, like the size of two mobile phones. And you can just put a strap around someone's finger and measure their heart rate variability. So it's much easier to take out into the field and to use in authentic communicative situations like you could have one and I could have one and we could measure what kind of stress levels we are currently experiencing. So it makes it possible to study language in actual communication rather than in very artificial lab settings and that will give us more authentic data and a better view of what people um, know and how they engage language when they speak.
0: Oh boy, I don't know if I'd want people to realize just how picky I could could possibly be. Uh, Dr. Divyak, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thanks so much for having me. That's Dr. Dagmar Divyak, who's a professorial research fellow in cognitive linguistics and language cognition at the University of Birmingham. It is a bit like opening Pandora's box when we start talking about grammar. I know nobody is perfect. We all have our little things that we say that are probably incorrect, little habits that we have. Some are more egregious than others, I would say, according to Dr. Divyak anyway. Uh, but you know what? There's a lot of it that is probably more more colloquial than just proper grammar, but I know people have their pet peeves on this topic, so okay, let's do that. If you want to email me, Simmy at cknw.com, because guess what, Alex already did. Alex said, "Simmy, I thought you were joking when you said to Scott that there was going to be a grammar segment, now it turns out there is. So here are the worst offenders that Alex says they hear so often. Amount of people. Alex says, should be number of people. Multiple people should be many people. Less versus fewer. That is very true, Alex. I hear those mixed up all the time. Uh, so this is the, a big one for Alex and another one for me. Quote, him and I are going to the park. No, he and I are going to the park or me and Jimmy are going to the park. That that whole mix up is definitely one that I hear over and over and over, quite frequently, actually. So what is yours? Yes, let's hear it. You can tell us your grammar, pet peeve, simi at cknw.com.